0: You are about to listen to a sermon from Common Ground Church in Rapid City, South Dakota. We hope to see you in person. For more information, visit commongroundcma.org. Get you moving twice today, which means that you're more than willing to do it a third time. <laughs> okay. So uh, last um, last Sunday we had fruit for thought, and we ended up doing a discussion about how we go into the world <clears> and relate with the world and. Um, certain things that we do that might not be appropriate in different cultural contexts So uh, this morning we put together a list of just some funny or um, Just different ways that uh, other cultures express greetings to one another and so I want you to Look at these uh, and then pick your favorite and then go choose a target and then Do that greeting to that person so here we have um, just like asking, so where are you going? That's perfectly all right. Um, we're all in the same place, so probably don't want to choose that one. Let's just, yeah, keep going. Hmm. Anybody see a favorite yet? Yeah? Like grabbing people's feet as a sign of respect? Yeah, that's good. Hmm. <laughs> Rubbing noses is a sign of endearment and, like, I think that one's appropriate for us. I mean, like, a holy kiss is a little different. Rubbing noses is okay, too, though. (laughs) William Rock Johnson is very appropriate for this church. (laughs) Cool. So, like, technically, like, the reason we're looking at this is to see how different cultures demonstrate respect to one another, and submission, and build relationship. So, if you guys chose your favorite, go pick somebody and move across the room, and just like, break the ice. Come on, again, third time. It's alright. No problem. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Not the buddy next to (laughs) you. Thank you for indulging me. Like, that was more fun for me than anybody. um, I guess a little context is that I grew up in Ukraine in a missionary household. So it means that my family had to often go out of our comfort zone in order to build relationships. And uh, I guess something that we had to get used to that was culturally different was, like, public scolding. I don't know if any of you have had that happen, but my poor mother would be walking the kids to school... And any old grandma figure babushka is what we call them um, Who's like sitting on the street corner like selling sunflower seeds Would feel like it's her responsibility To tell my mom How bad of a job she was doing (laughs) With my sister and me Um, Especially regarding like The fact that we were inevitably Going to get a cold It just didn't matter the medium Like we'd be eating ice cream And they'd be like You're eating marosna And you're going to get a cold now and it's like, uh, no. And my mom would really try hard to, you know, like contend with them and broke in broken Russian, but eventually would just get exasperated and give up. Um, it's pretty funny though how after eight years of living in that environment, I actually believe that my mom that if I eat too much ice cream, I'm going to <laughs> So, like, redundant, like it happens enough times, and uh, I guess it just wears on you you kind of give in. But uh, today we're going to delve into 2 Peter, and uh, we're going to see how false teaching um, is something that we have to be on guard against. Um, and so we're going to really see the crux of the battle between our new identities mean, and Jesus Christ, and the tendencies that we have to live in the flesh. People are really easily distracted, and like for example, we go on an errand to get milk, and of course we're gonna pick up Oreos because Oreos are really good with milk, and we need two cartons of Oreos. Um, so cartons of Oreos, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like all of us can identify with you know walking through Target. And just like a window shopping, but then walking out with, I don't know, like $300 worth of marzipan. I don't know. No, that's, you don't need that much marzipan. But uh, most most dangerously, uh, we are distracted from worshiping God, and we are attracted to worshiping ourselves. And C.S. Lewis um, has a really good quote, and I'm going to share it with you. And he says that it would seem that our Lord... that really embodies like how we are distracted by the things of this world when we have infinite joy in front of us. And today, we're going to see that in 2 Peter. So please turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to go through verse 17 all the way through um, verse 2 of chapter 3. So if you have Bibles... Oh, Bob, look at these guys. All of them have Bibles. You can use your phone too. There are Bibles under your seats. All right. So, speaking about false prophets, verse 17. These are springs without water, and mists driven by a storm, for whom the black darkness has been reserved. For speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who are barely escaped from the ones who live in error. Promising them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them. It happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mire. This is now, beloved, the second letter I, Peter, am writing to you, in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets, and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. So what we see in this passage is something very evident that there are enemies of God and of his people. And what we see in verse 18 is that the enemy longs to inhibit our glorification and worship of God by distracting us with our pleasures and turning us from the knowledge of him. We also see that the enemy preys on the weak. Those who are barely escaping the the living in the flesh. And we see that the enemy uses appealing promises of satisfaction, of delight, and of freedom in order to distract us from delving into God's Word and from perceiving God's glory and from abiding with Christ. And the enemy turns good gifts into idols. So, C.S. Lewis in that quote really hit on the attraction that we have to consumerism as our primary form of distraction. We turn everything into something about us that we want, that, we have, that will bring us pleasure, that will bring us satisfaction, when in reality that's just instant glorification and it's fleeting. And ultimately those lead to slavery, corruption, and gloom and darkness as we see. So God's intended purpose for good gifts, um, we see in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, that everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God in prayer. So that means that like in the appropriate context, God has given us really good stuff. And his word provides us the The right lens to view his gifts and how to apply them, but in our selfishness we distort those gifts, or we're provided lies through false teaching that um, you know money can be an idol. You know. So it continues in First Timothy that in pointing out these things to the brethren, Timothy would be a good servant of Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith. And of the sound doctrine which he had been following. So, it's saying that like the Word of God is sustaining him, and growing him, and providing him with the, uh, the strength in order to resist the temptations of false teaching. And that Word is available to us. We are not impervious to the lies and to the temptations and to the schemes of the enemy. But God has given us The word and he has given us the spirit and he has given us a body of believers that can support us and strengthen us and push us out into the world in order to be a beacon of hope and of light. So um, I've been reading a book by John Piper and I thought it was really cool how like God just like makes stuff pop out and like mesh with, um, with the context throughout the week. And so John Piper says that we are surrounded by innocent things that are ready to become idols. Innocent sensations are one second away from becoming substitutes for the sweetness of God. So again, the, de- the enemy, the devil, uses lies in order to take what God has intended for good and take our eyes away from God and away from the proper context of that good gift and turn them on ourselves and how we can glean <coughs> whatever we want out of it. So distraction is not an excuse When we have the opportunity to know God And so the time that the worship music was too redundant And didn't produce the right ambiance for you to worship That is consuming Something that God intended for good And buying into the lie that it's all about you The time that your brother in Christ Said something that offended you So you avoid him now That Is not obeying the word of God And seeking reconciliation Pursuing a deepening relationship That honors God The time that you engaged In lustful temptation And watched people make love The time that you spent hours Binge watching Netflix And couldn't make time For spending time with God in devotion Like all of these things Are appropriate in the right context Like And how God intended them But when we make it all about ourselves And start consuming And start allowing them to distract us From the ultimate authority From God From a relationship with Him That's when we start getting messed up So Why do you guys need to know this? It's because that we live in a daily battle Uh, The flesh wants instant gratification and pleasure and that is contrary to the spirit of God that dwells with us, uh, who does give us eternal joy and satisfaction. And we aren't defenseless again; like we have been provided with the spirit of God, who, as we saw in uh, First Peter, or sorry, Second Peter, um, earlier, the Holy Spirit empowered prophets in order to like speak truth. And the Holy Spirit, like what Peter is saying here has uh, enabled the apostles to share revelation about Jesus Christ. And like that same spirit is with us. And we are also given his word, which is truth, which is where we find um, our identity because it's getting to know God. And, and we are also given his bride, the church, which is us, which is so awesome. So, with that. Even Peter uses the Word of God, quoting Proverbs, like talking about how a dog returns to its own vomit, and how a sow is in the market. Like, he quotes Scripture in order to prove his point, that, like, even Peter, an apostle of Jesus, needs to be nourished and fed by the Word of God. So, again, um, the church should also push us into the Word of God. That's what Peter's is exhorting here. He's saying, like, Be on guard against the false teaching so that you can discern what is truth. Don't be weak when you have the opportunity to know God. So first Timothy, I've already referenced um, chapter three says that the church is the household of the living God, the pillar and the support of the truth. So that's that's why we're here. We're here because of God's Presence because of His Spirit, because of His Word, because of His mighty work through His people who are being transformed in our desires and the renewing of our mind and the presentation of our bodies as holy and pure sacrifices to Him. Like This is life that we're living together. We're experiencing freedom. We're experiencing a taste of the glory of God here on earth. Um, So distraction is not an excuse when we have the opportunity right in front of us. So, get to know God. How do you do that? Approach the Word to know God. God keeps His people, and we are heirs of His promise. We see His promise in His Word. Approach the Word of God to see God's character. So, the fruit of the Spirit, like in Galatians, um, talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um, graciousness, all that good stuff. We we experience that as we encounter God's character. And then we approach the Word of God in order to be drawn into relationship with each other. Like, this is super cool. I'm still, like, really nervous, but, like, it's an awesome privilege to share and to unify around God's truth. So, the reason that we do this because we are protected by God from the distractions of the world. God is our ultimate authority. He equips us, He provides us with with these things so that we can stand firm in the day of trial and temptation. God is our authority and our biggest attraction, and we are no longer our own. Galatians says that, uh, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And like, that's that's us. Like, that isn't just Paul, the really awesome apostle who has a cool salvation story. Like, that is applicable to all of us, that we live in the new identity of being new creations in Jesus Christ and putting Him on daily and putting to death the deeds of the flesh. And also... We identify with the Spirit as we are transformed into new creations. Like that is a continual process that we will be on until the day we die. It's that we are aspiring after God's glory and making His fame known in all the earth. And experiencing the fruit of no longer being slaves to the world, slaves to corruption like the false teachers But being slaves to righteousness and to Christ. And also, like that maturing and that intimacy ends up building healthy relationships with His church. Yeah, we we celebrate victory because Jesus Christ overcame the world. And like that's what it's saying about these false teachers is like they knew the righteousness that Jesus provided and yet they still chose to be slaves to the world and to the gifts that God has provided and distorting them and turning them into self-centered nonsense. So, if we aren't alert and attentive to the teachings that we hear in the name of Jesus, checking them with, Brian calls it a baloney meter, but it's definitely like the Holy Spirit working in us and um, talking about it and sharing time in Bible study with each other and like, Checking what we hear in the world against truth in the Bible. If we don't do that, subtle lies can compound and end up stealing our gaze from God and from Jesus. Um, And that that really isn't acceptable. So, I guess the the push that I would encourage all of us to do this week is to spend time with God in His Word. To grab... Uh, a pen and pick a song and just write out how we see the glory of God being made known in that song and um, praying over it and spending time uh, just devouring like what God has uh, provided for us and being nourished on it and like if if you guys are doing really well in your walk of faith and are enjoying intimacy with the Word of God and with His people and, like, in your prayer life, like, that is awesome and encourage us. Share what you are doing and, like, exhort each other to continue in in the freedom that you're experiencing. Um, Also, memorize the Word of God. Seal it in your heart. Like, study it, mull over it, think about it. Like, the, the psalmist writes that he meditates on the Word of God On his bed day and night, like, as he goes to bed, he's thinking about it. As he wakes up, he's thinking about it. And it dictates how he approaches the world and how he ministers to the people around him. Um, So, like, I think what what I'm trying to get at is, like, there are false teachers. Let's be teachers of truth and how we live. Like, what Laura prayed this morning about, like, let's go into the world and demonstrate in action and in love the truth of God. Let's do that as a church. We are a communal body, and we are knit together in a very beautiful way, where we find purpose and find ability uh, in order to reach very broken and dark places. Let's let's show the world what what God has intended. Yeah. So I honestly didn't uh, didn't run through this. Beforehand, in one sitting. And so I think I like crushed it real quick. <laughs> um, but like, I, I just want to pray over us and pray over our desires. And then something cool would be just to get into pods of people and sit around God's Word and read through it again. Read through this passage and just share what you see in it, share how God is convicting you. Um, but yeah, let's, let's pray Lord God, uh, we come before you And we, we recognize uh, your, your beauty and your plan Of how you protect us with your people and With your spirit and with your word And we also know that we can't make ourselves want you So we ask that, Lord, you would incline our hearts to desire your word that throughout this week we would experience freedom um, from the temptations of the earth as we crave replacing that with your truth and with dwelling on, you know, on, on your word and on the revelation of Jesus. We ask that you would open our hearts to instruction and to reproof and to um, like allowing us to be pointed in the right direction um, that we would be humble. And also that the, the whole collective body of the church here would be unified after your heart. And that we would experience the abolishment of our fleshly desires as we continue in this sanctification process and growth, um, like seeking to honor and glorify you in all of our, in all of our strength, in all of our wisdom. God, whatever satisfaction that we seek apart from you, like it's fleeting and it's futile. So we ask that you would satisfy us with your glory that we see revealed in your word and that we see revealed as we develop <coughs> friendships and, and and delight with each other in this church and as we go outside of this church and send a bunch of people across the states um, into their own home churches or churches on internship and that like we would be the tangible representation of your kingdom here on earth. And that's something that we cry out for, is that, Lord, um, your kingdom would come, that we get to participate in reflecting the goodness of how you intended um, life to be lived. So, we commit these things at your feet, and we praise you for this time that we have to share together. It's in your name, Jesus. Amen. Cool. So, how about we do it? Like, there are multiple sections up there that can split off. Let's see. Hey, I can do a Brian thing and, like, fake statistics. All right, so in this section, we have, like, 14% like, 20-year-olds. Um, yeah, I don't know. You guys can figure it out. Just, like, turn into a circle and grab a Bible and um, read through read through this section. And then, like, read through Psalm 1 or yeah, let's do that. I going to join you. Directions are not clear. Okay, so we just read through Second Peter, chapter two, verses seventeen all the way through chapter three, verse two. Let's read that again together. All right, and then when we're done with that, we'll still have time. Wow. And then we can read a song together, and then we can pray over it, and then we can. Ask for God's hand to move through us in this community. And just pray for each other in the areas that we need prayer. That's good. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. Please join us again at Common Ground Church.